Amen. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and live. <clears throat> well, we are all marked in some ways. Um, maybe it could be better said that we all allow ourselves to be marked in certain ways. It may be the jobs we have. It may be the families that we grew up in. It may be the politics we practice. It may be the money and possessions we have. Maybe the home we own. But we allow ourselves to be marked. And maybe another way of saying that is this. We allow ourselves to be identified in a certain way and as a certain someone, often based off of a certain something. So the question for all of us today is, what have you allowed to mark your life? What have you allowed to be the identifying mark of your life today? Well, Jesus, well, Jesus was marked as well. He allowed himself to be marked. And so it is by the waters of the Jordan River, by the side of those waters that we go to this morning. And there Jesus is with his second cousin, John. We know him as John the Baptist. Whether you read the accounts of Matthew, Mark, or Luke, it is clear what the identifying mark of Jesus is. Now, each gospel writer captures unique little details to what happened that day. But there's one identifying mark that is etched indelibly on the life of Jesus and, and is passed along to us in all three gospels. The dove, the symbol of the Holy Spirit's presence, alights on him. I love the way the NIV translates that. It says, he alighted on Jesus. Love that idea, that picture. But that's not really the identifying mark. The identifying mark of Jesus is found in a voice. It's found in God's voice. It's found in the voice that we imagine a booming sound coming from heaven, probably in a deep baritone, right? Calling out. And in the calling out, that voice of God etches the identifying mark that was to be the consummate marker of the life and the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here it is. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Verse 17. This is my son, whom I love. In whom I am well pleased. I like the way the New Revised Standard translates it. It says, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Beloved. This is the identifying mark of Jesus. This is the source of his endurance in the face of the wilderness temptation. This is the reason for his embrace of the mission that God gave him. This is the grace that caused him to break down barriers and welcome the least and the lowly and the yous and me's of the world. You know, I grew up in New Jersey and people would say, you know, yous, yous guys, right? The yous and the me's of the world. This is the love that allowed his arms to be stretched from one end to the other onto Patabulum. 
You know what that is? That's that cross beam of the cross, the patabulum. Arms open wide to redeem the world. This is the mark. But before he did any of that, he was marked with this life-sustaining and life-giving identity. This is my son, the beloved. This is my child, the beloved. My friends, it's amazing how far you can go when you know you're loved. It's amazing how far you can go. It's amazing what you can handle. It's amazing what you can face. It's amazing what you can endure when you know you're loved. Dish Warren said this, Every activity of Christ unfurls from his identity as the beloved. He loved others, he healed others, he preached, he taught, he rebuked and redeemed, not in order to gain the Father's approval, but out of his rooted identity, his rooted certainty in the Father's love. What if each and every one of us, we woke up each and every day, and we had a rooted certainty in the Father's love. What would happen to the everyday if every day we knew how loved we really are? That we did not have to try and manufacture a good life in our own efforts and our own energy to try and please God. But just because we are His, just because we are His, He delights in us. That there's nothing that we could possibly do that would make him love us more. That he delights in us. That there's nothing we could possibly do that would cause him to not love us. What kind of love is that? It's hard for us to bend our minds around that love because every one of us, all of us, all of us wrestle through with placing conditions on our love, but not God. In just a few minutes, we're going to baptize a few people at the altar today. You're going to hear their testimonies and video testimonies, and you're going to witness their baptism. They are different people, different ages, different backgrounds, different histories. But there is one common thread for the three of you today, one common thread that you share. You are the beloved children of God. Christine, Ariana, Travis. You are the beloved children of God. Isn't that awesome? You are the beloved of God. Paul writes this to the Galatians. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So today, these who will be baptized will be marked with the love of God. Yes, we're going to hear their stories, but the truth is, baptism reminds us and reminds you today that you have been drawn into a larger story. You have been drawn into his story, the story of Jesus and his love. Again, Tish Warren says this, before you know it, before you doubt it, before you confess it, before you can sing it yourself, you are beloved of God. Not by your effort but because of what Jesus Christ has done 
on your behalf. You are drawn into a larger story. But then baptism also reminds us that we are drawn into the story of the people of God, his church. The old chorus gets it so right. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Something happens when we place our faith in Christ and in baptism we identify not with an institution, not with an organization, but we identify with a family. We identify with the church. In baptism we are marked as those who belong to a people larger than ourselves. It is an outward testimony of the inward grace of God working in our lives. That is true. But it is also a recognition that our faith changes the pronouns of our life from I to we. From I to we. We are declaring that we are part of the community of redemptive love. That's who we are. We are the community of redemptive love. Dallas Willard says that's God's great project. That's his great plan to create this great community of redemptive love that reveals the redemptive heart of Jesus to the world. That's what you're part of when you're baptized, Travis. That's what you're part of, Ariana, when you're baptized. That's what you're part of, Christina, when you're baptized. This community of the redemptive love of God. What a beautiful picture that is for us. And it tells us this, we are not alone. We are not alone. But then we're also baptized into the mission of God. The mission of God in this world. Our baptism calls us to live an alternative story than that of the world around us. It's an alternative story. It's not about us. right? It's about him and it's about others. At the top of our weekly newsletter this past week, Pastor Mary put this statement from Rowan Williams. Christians will be found in the neighborhood of Jesus, but Jesus is found in the neighborhood of human confusion and suffering, defenselessly alongside those in need. If being baptized is being led to where Jesus is, then being baptized is being led towards the chaos and the neediness of a humanity that has forgotten its own destiny. We are sent into a world that has forgotten its identity. The world has forgotten that we are all the beloved of God. This isn't just reserved for a select few who dot the, the sanctuaries of, of churches around the world. This is for everyone, the beloved of God. And we've forgotten that. I, I, I think coming to faith is discovering what your real identity is. Now all of this, all because in baptism we are marked. And my prayer today is that somehow in the power of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit will alight on the three of you. And in a fresh way, in a new way, in response to your obedience and your confession of faith, that you will know in your heart that you too are marked with the love of God. And the truth is, I pray that all of us who have been baptized, every time we do baptism, I go back to the Mediterranean Sea on October 21st of 1981. That seems like, that seems like too long ago, right? You're not supposed to be that old now, but 
And I remember being baptized. Each one of us, I pray today, would remember, not the details of your baptism, remember your baptism, not the details, but remember this truth. And you can insert your name. Jeff is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Joe is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Carol is my beloved child. Trevor's my beloved child. Lisa's my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Insert your name right there. For that is the identifying mark of us all in baptism. Now we're going to prepare for communion this morning. Um, the most widely known identifying mark of the followers of Jesus is also the identifying mark of how beloved we are by God. This table that we gather around today points us to it. And as we partake in the element of communion, we are reminded that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. So today I would invite you, if you're here in the sanctuary, if you're at home, I invite you to get those elements prepared. And I'd invite you to take the top little cellophane piece off and pull that back. We'll give you a moment to do that. Takes a little effort. And then I'll invite you to take out the little wafer. And just hold that. In the night before Jesus was crucified, he took the bread and he gave thanks to the Father. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. His body has been given for you and for me. His body is broken for you and for me. And then he said this, as he gave thanks to the Father. He said, take and eat in remembrance of me. Let us remember who Jesus is and what he has done and how he has given himself for us. Let us partake of the bread. You then can take that foil tab and gently pull that back. Jesus then took the cup and again he gave thanks to the Father and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant, my blood which is shed for the forgiveness of many. And then he also said this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us remember that Jesus shed his blood and because that's true on our behalf, we find forgiveness of our sins. So let us participate and let us be thankful. We're now going to move into our baptism. Before we baptize each person, we're going to watch and listen to their testimony. We're going to start with Christine, and she'll come to this side. Then we're going to go to Travis, and he's going to come to this side. 
and then we're going to go to Ariana, and she's going to come to this side. But what we're going to do is we're going to invite each candidate, after we watch their video, we're going to invite each candidate to um, go ahead and kneel at the altar. And as they're kneeling there, as a symbol of their love for and surrender to Jesus, we will then um, baptize them at the altar in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first person we're going to baptize today is Christine Farhat. And Christine's uh, testimony is going to be on the screen. We're going to give you opportunity to um, hear that now. So um, um, let's watch that testimony of Christine at this time. Hi, I'm Christine Farhat, and I'd like to tell you today uh, why I chose to get baptized. I've been a Christian my whole life. I was raised in the church, and I gave my life to Christ at a very young age. Um, but my faith has wavered over the years due to life's challenges and trials, and especially uh, after the death of my mother. Um, but I knew uh, that God loved me, that I was always his child. So why did I wait so long to get baptized? Um, to be honest, I thought baptism was optional. I did not think that it was an important part of my Christian walk. However, after uh, studying it and reading the Bible, I realized that it is not optional, that this is a command that God asks us to do. And I know God was asking me to do this. Uh, when I first saw baptism at Community Chapel, I wanted to do it. Uh, I left there, I had chills, I left the service saying this is something that I really want to do. However, uh, life got in the way um, and other challenges came and I never pursued uh, getting baptized. Just most recently when I saw baptism at Community Chapel, I just wanted to um, jump out of my seat, run down the aisle, and, uh, and jump in. I, I knew God was speaking to my heart. Uh, so I went home, and unfortunately, uh, doubt came, uh, and some questions, and life. Was I a good enough Christian to be baptized? Why did I need to be baptized? I knew I loved Christ. I knew he loved me. But again, I just felt God tugging at my heart and him saying, this is the command that I want you to do. So I stand before you today to announce publicly my faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Christine, why don't you come and you can kneel right here. What a joy, Christine, it is. Pastor Mary is going to help me in baptizing you. We just ask you to go ahead. You can pull your mask down and bend your head down. Christine Farhad, is Jesus Christ your Savior, and do you recognize he saves you today? Christine, are you going to live your life in such a way that you're going to bring glory and honor to God? I am. Amen. Go ahead and bow your head down. Christine, I baptize you today in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, you are the beloved of God. Amen. Amen. All right, Travis Lyle, we're going to um, uh, watch your video. So we're going to give you a chance to um, 
hear from this fine young man who loves Jesus. And um, let's, let's share Travis's testimony. I want to share a story about my experience with Jesus. Jesus means a lot to me because he has helped me through a lot of hard times. And he tells me to put a smile on my face. And that smile will spread to everyone that I see and that I smile to. I pray in a quiet place when I'm having a hard time. And he tells me how to fix the situation that I'm in. And I know I'm never alone. I want the world to know how much I love him because I love him as much as he loves me. And I love spreading his love to others, including friends that are having a tough time in life. The day I met him, I was scared because I was in the dark. But then I remembered, I have Jesus. I don't need to be scared. And then he took away my scaredness, and then I accepted him into my life. Ever since, he takes away my bad feelings and replaces them with happiness, joy, love, and belief. It's for that reason and much more that I want to be a child of God. All right, Travis. Come on over here, buddy. All right, bud. Travis wrote that all by himself, by the way. Isn't that awesome? Awesome, huh? Mother said to me, what a blessing to raise a young man of God. So, all right, I'm going to put this over here, pal. All right, you ready? All right. Travis, is Jesus your Savior, and you know he saves you today? Yes. Travis, are you going to live your life in such a way that you will seek to bring honor and glory to God? Amen. All right, pal, here we go. <clears throat> Travis? I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. You are the beloved of God. Amen. watch the video testimony of Ariana Sola and then Ariana then will have you come and kneel as well. Hi, I'm Ariana Sola. My mom had me when she was only 16 years old. My dad was 18. At that time, my mom and I lived with my grandparents while my mom finished high school. After a few years, my mom moved out. I stayed with my grandmother but would see my mom often. My mom and dad were very young and at times would argue. This was very upsetting to me. I remember the sad feelings of not being raised like many of my friends in a two-parent household. It was hard at times sorting out my feelings. I had ups and downs. When I was 10, my dad passed away unexpectedly. This brought on a whole new set of sorrow and anger and confusion. Before following Jesus, I didn't really know much about him or church, but I went with my grandmother quite a bit. I enjoyed it and it felt good to go on Sundays. Three years later, I joined the youth group at Community Chapel. This was about the same time Pastor Mike and his wife, Tori, joined Community Chapel to be youth pastors. I immediately felt a connection to Pastor Mike. He has a way of making you feel welcomed and loved. No judgment. Being there with the group was something I looked forward to each week. 
The trips to ENC, meeting new Christians, playing basketball was amazing. And I loved the all-nighters at the church in Lowell as well. I remember each time reading our mission statement during worship time and the words, we all have junk, spoke to me. And Jesus loves us, died for our sins, and wants us to be obedient. It was at one of the youth groups I accepted Jesus into my heart. Going to NYC in 2019 was amazing, seeing thousands of young people worshiping and coming together. I met amazing people and made some great friendships. It definitely impacted my life and made me realize more of how good God really is. I want to be baptized, making a public vow that I am committed to Jesus Christ and that he is my Lord and Savior. For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 And I just want to say thank you to everybody at this church and to Pastor Jeff for always being so amazing to me and giving me a warm welcome every time I come to church. And I love all of you. Thank you. Ah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's hard to do this when you're getting stuff going on in your eyes. It's kind of, oh my. Ariana, I have a question for you before I ask you other questions. What do you want to do? That's right. You're going to be a great pastor someday. God's really going to use you. Ariana is Jesus Christ, your Savior. You recognize he saves you today. Ariana, you're going to live your life in such a way that you will bring honor and glory to our God. Amen. You go and bow your head. Ariana, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Ariana, you are the beloved of God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mary. <clears throat> well, I don't have a towel, so I'm just going to do that. Don't tell my mother. All right. All right, too late, I guess. <laughs> wow. Praise be to the living God. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Travis, Ariana, Christine, you are the beloved of God. And we love you. And we rejoice in God's grace in your life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, that is our service today. As you receive this benediction, these are part of the lyrics of the song that our instrumentalists will be playing. They'll be playing Casting Crown's song, Life Song. These words, may the words I say, let me change it up a little bit. May the words we say and the things we do Make our life song sing. May it bring a smile to you, O oh God. We want to sign your name, Jesus, to the end of our days. Lord, lead our hearts to be true 
Lord, let our life song sing to you, to the glory and praise of Almighty God. May you go in the grace, the peace, the love of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our ushers will dismiss um, from the back to the, to the front. Um, as you go today, we do ask that you go right outside. You don't congregate in the hallways. And, um, but make sure you, when these baptism candidates come out, you can, uh, you can cheer them on as they're coming out the door and encourage them. God bless you. Go in his grace.